Well, welcome everyone. I am so excited for this week's episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing author and speaker H.R. Hutzel, who is now a dear friend of mine. And this is such a different episode, such an incredible episode, and actually really cool. She reached out to me uh, about coming on the podcast. And then when we were kind of chatting before we got on the podcast, she said, you know, listening to a couple of your episodes is what gave me the confidence and the boldness to ask to be on the podcast in the first place. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I want to hear. I want to be curating awesome young women um, who are growing in that boldness. And so today we get to tell a little bit of her story. She writes the coolest books ever, both nonfiction and fiction. I'm working through one of her books that's going to be the future Harry Potter, for sure. It will be a movie one day. You guys are going to so enjoy this. We talk about identity. We talk about purpose. We talk about light and darkness, which is such a awesome concept for what's going on in the world right now. So this is my conversation with HR Hutzel, and I know y'all are going to love it. Well, welcome everyone um, to this awesome episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I am so honored to have another Powerhouse female um, in our tribe here on the show today. And obviously, we know there's a ton of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, So I just first and foremost want to say that this conversation is um, not to diminish what is going on. If you guys haven't listened to my episode from last week, you guys can kind of hear my heart on on the matter after just processing for a few days. And this is a conversation that we will continue to have, um, hopefully for for years to come as we continue to make progress. But today, um, I have an amazing author, H.R. Hutzel, uh, today to speak with you guys about identity and uh, what it means to be a woman of God and just kind of her story of coming into her career. It's an incredible story. And uh, so we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. And this is H.R. Hutzel. Well, thank you so much for having me, Megan. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Awesome. Awesome. So um, your books are really, really unique. Um, But before we get into that, I would love for you just to start off by kind of telling us your origin story. How did you get to where you're at today? How did you decide that you wanted to be an author in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my story, my author story did not start with me wanting to be an author. It wasn't anything that I chose for myself. And to be honest with you, uh, if you stripped away the fact that I feel called to this today, I probably still wouldn't pick it for myself. Um, But as I like to share my story, about 10 years ago, I came to a place in my faith where I felt like I finally understood the gospel, like finally got it, it clicked, and I prayed what I call the most dangerous prayer that I've ever prayed. And I said, hey God, you know, if you are who you say you are, and I, I do believe that you are who you say you are, then my life doesn't make sense because my life looks like every other typical American person. And I just feel like as a Christ follower, I'm called to live a life that looks completely different than that. And so I said, God, I'll do anything. I will do absolutely anything you ask me to do. I just want my my life and my life's work to have an impact in your kingdom. And I didn't realize at the time what exactly I was saying when I said anything, but um, my, my life and my journey since that day has been a journey of God taking me up on that offer and upping the ante on the anythings, like placing bigger and bigger anythings before me. And one of the very first ones was when I felt called to write a book. Like I said, I wasn't a writer at the time, didn't go to school to be a writer, but uh, I had been listening to a podcast series called The Story. And this church was taking sort of a 30,000 foot view approach to looking at the Bible. They were talking about it as 
one complete story from cover to cover. And I hadn't really ever heard anybody talk about the Bible this way. And I can remember all of a sudden there was these, like these words and these pictures and these images that began to fill my mind. And I thought, wow, this should be a book. And it was as clear as you can hear a voice without actually hearing somebody speak out loud. And I heard God say, yes, it should be a book and you're going to write it. So I sat down right then and there, and I just started writing and putting words on paper, and it poured out of me. It was, a, it was an experience I'd never had before, just words flooded out, and maybe an hour to an hour and a half later, I had the entire first chapter finished of the book. When I read back through it, though, I started to realize something, something was going on because these were not my words. It was like I was reading something a book or a story that somebody else had written. It, it blew my mind. And what was really crazy is that a couple days later, I got this prompting to write again. I felt these words stirring inside me and I sat down and it was another sort of similar experience where it just poured out. And what was really interesting though, is I didn't write the second chapter of the book. Like maybe I would have thought would, you know, it was a novel. So chapter one, chapter two, I was telling a story. I would have thought chapter two would come next, but what I wrote that day was actually the last chapter of the book. Hmm. And what I like to say is that's the moment that I realized that it was the person who was giving the story to me was the God who is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the God who would have me write the very first and last chapter before any other part of the story. And that's really how my author journey began with kind of this sort of almost supernatural experience of, you know, writing the story. And God's fingerprints were all over the middle of it, you know, just the, the filling in the middle of, of the rest of the book. And his fingerprints have been all over my experience ever since then. Several years later, he called me to quit my job to pursue writing and speaking full time and called me to write more books. And just, yeah, it's been a wild, fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. And so how many books have you written now? So I have four published books right now. My first novel, my nonfiction book, Escape. Actually, the first novel, if your listeners are interested, they can actually download that for free on my website. It's called The Story of Life. So that's available for free as, a, as an ebook. Cool. And then, of course, the Anointed series, which is my uh, supernatural fantasy series that I am currently writing. It's going to be seven books, and the first two are currently out right now. Yeah. And for everybody listening, I'm reading it right now. And we were just talking before we aired and I told them, or I told uh, HR that I, I can't read it before bed because it's too scary, but I'm also a wimp and like, can't watch scary movies, but in a good way, like, and I, you can tell us a little bit about the plot. Cause I think it's really interesting and just such a key theme of um, when, when we were talking earlier, for those of you guys listening and we first got connected, um, she was telling me that there are these awesome themes of, you know, kind of light and dark angels and demons that are so uh, prevalent in society today, but they're never told from a Christian perspective. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about the plot of those books and why kind of bringing that element of truth is so important to you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I have to say that I love that that you said that you were spooked by them and you can't read them before bed. I'm I'm not a fan of horror, but yet I find myself writing these scenes that are a little on the spooky side. Yeah. And for any for your listeners, it's definitely not horror. I would say thriller esque. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little spooky and dealing with super um, with spiritual warfare, those sorts of things. But yeah, so. The Anointed series, like I said, it's a seven book series. The first two are out currently, but the story begins with a 16 year old girl named Rachel who is involved in this sort of violent car accident at the beginning of the story. And when she wakes up from that, she discovers that she's actually lost her memory. And not only that, 
but she is the newest resident in a mystical, hidden, supernatural city called Bethel. And not only is the city a little supernatural, but the people there are as well, and they all have these different supernatural giftings. And so uh, as Rachel's, you know, getting her feet underneath her and starting to, to come to terms with her situation, she realizes and learns from, from her new friends that people aren't brought to this city for any old reason. They're brought there for a specific purpose. And she needs mm -hmm. to discover what that is for her. But of course, with, you know, having her memories gone, it's quite difficult at first. As the story progresses, Rachel begins to have these really violent, terrifying nightmares, and she tells her new mentor about them. And as he's listening to her talk about them, he starts to think that they actually might be more than mere dreams, that it might be some hints of memory or hints from her past that are starting to appear through, through, her, mem or through her dreams. And he actually believes that they might be the key to helping her find why she's been brought to this city, which he thinks is to help them find this long promised and prophesied child called the anointed. And so, of course, Rachel and her friends now go on this quest to find this child. And as that as the story progresses, her demons from her past begin to make an appearance and her memories begin to reappear to her and what she discovers is actually more terrifying than the nightmares and so mm -hmm. now she goes on this discovery of learning learning who she is and her identity um, wrestling with things like you know good versus evil and especially with within herself as she discovers some of her past and of course all of that culminates as they they continue the quest for the search for this promised child the anointed so cool i just think like and i mean this very very genuinely not just to butter you up but like I think that this is such a needed and unexpected um, need that you're fulfilling in mm -hmm. Christianity. I think uh, so often we run to things as Christians because there isn't an alternative that is of the same standard in the secular world. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Like I long for the day that Christian movies are just as good as regular bo box, uh, what am I, blockbuster movies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I long for the day when, when movies of faith, books of faith don't need those justifiers and those qualifiers, but that we get to speak truth to the masses that set people free, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're, 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 you're spot on. And I am definitely in agreement with you on that. Um, and that's actually why I write the types of stories that I do, because I see an opportunity and a need for those types of stories within Christian entertainment, within the entertainment industry. So a lot of the, the movies and books that we, we currently see that fall into the Christian category are, for example, what I like to call the, the whitewashed storytelling of the squeaky clean, wholesome stories where there, you know, there's, there's no cursing, there's, there's no, nothing that would be um, offensive or maybe triggering to somebody in the audience so that you can take people like your five-year-old child to the, to the movie and you can also take your 90-year-old you know, grandpa to the movie. You can take the whole family and everybody can have a great time. And, and there's absolutely a need for those kinds of stories in our world in, in, in entertainment. So, but there's also an opportunity for stories that cross over between a Christian audience and a secular audience. One of the audiences I like to serve through my stories are young adults who maybe wouldn't necessarily step foot inside of a church or perhaps wouldn't even pick up a Bible. And I wanna tell the kinds of stories to them that appeal to what they're looking for in entertainment. So I wanna include elements that you'd find in Avengers, The Hunger Games, uh, Harry Potter, Stranger Things. 
those are the kinds of stories that we crave. We, we, we seek these kinds of stories because they're filled with adventure, the supernatural elements. We desire these because we were actually made for a story like this. God has hardwired us to, to live an adventurous life. And, you know, if for any of your audience who they see themselves as a Christ follower, if they believe in, you know, there is a supernatural unseen realm that exists around us. There, there is spiritual warfare that goes on. That's the reason why we desire these kinds of stories. And so I wasn't seeing anything like that within a Christian market. The way I like to talk about it is, you know, we as Christ followers, we have the greatest story that's ever been told. And we can leverage that and use that to our advantage and package it inside of a story that appeals to a broader audience. And so that's, those are the kinds of stories that I like to tell. I like to say you can't know how, how great the light is until you first see how dark the darkness is. And so I don't shy, don't shy away from that in my stories. I, I think, in fact, the contrast is more beautiful when you bring them together. Absolutely. I, I have such an admiration for that. I, I resonate with that so much personally, just because um, my audience is a secular audience, all shapes and sizes, colors, backgrounds, you know, everything. And, and I love it that way. I think that that's God's heart. And with that, God also created us as, you know, trying beings with spirit, soul, and body. And I think that we're living as shallow people if we don't engage in the understanding that there's light and darkness whether you're a christian or not doesn't really matter it still exists you know Mm -hmm. and i think how cool if you have an opportunity and i have people that are even coming to my mind who are unsafe family members or just people who uh you know love kind of the darkness the weirdness whatever i think of uh you know just people like you could hand out your books at a comic-con and probably get a whole bunch of people saved or at least curious you know right and how cool um, so my, my next question that I'm really curious about, um, how do you think that the power of story can help other people discover their identity, their calling? Um, specifically, it struck me when you said in the beginning that you had this moment with God. I think that so many people, again, Christian or non-Christian, mm-hmm. are looking for that moment of this is my calling, this is my purpose, this is my story. Could you maybe speak to that a little bit of how maybe you think that people could start to take, to take steps to figure out what that is? And, and maybe is it through creativity? Is it through something else? I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, so the, the power of story is, is, stories are so potent. And that's why we as human beings crave them. And you think if you look at media, if you look at our culture, we are obsessed with stories. Stories are really powerful and in fact have more power than say a nonfiction book or uh, any, a lecture or uh, a class or sermon or anything like that. Because what the story, what stories do is it requires the use of the imagination. It forces the person who is lis- listening to the, the audio book or picking up the book or watching the movie, it forces them to engage the imagination and place themselves actually inside of the story. So once the person places themselves inside the story, or even, and they might not be doing that even from an active uh, conscious perspective, but they're subconsciously doing that. All of the the, uh, test trials and and adventures that the character begins to go through, they begin to see themselves in that. They begin to see how that applies to their own life. And stories have the power to actually transform us as we read them. And so I know before, before we started recording, you mentioned it's been about 10 years since you picked up you know, a fiction book. But I bet if you thought back, you could, you could think of at least a couple of novels that you've read over the course of your lifetime that had a profound impact on you. And you hear stories about that all the time. People talk about The Shack 
or, uh, you know, just any of those like classic stories that have had deep, profound, transformative impact on us. And so what I'd like to do with story is to package inside of that good truth as well. Um, whether somebody is a Christ follower or isn't, truth about identity, truth about good versus evil, truth about friendship, community, truth about, you know, pursuing goodness in, in their life. And so um, to, to circle back to your question is, you know, how do we, uh, I think you were saying basically like somebody who, who is seeking purpose or seeking identity or seeking adventure. I like to say that our lives are stories. You know, if you begin to look at your life as though it is a story, you begin to see yourself as a character. You begin to see all the different things that are going around you in a, in a different light. So for example, you know, the, the test or the trial that you're going through, you can begin to look at that and say, how is this actually transforming me? How could I not squander this season of going through a really difficult experience, but rather allow it to shape me and form me into the person that I want to be? You know, when we, when we look at stories, we know that the character starts out at the beginning of the story. Um, you know, I'm going to geek out a little bit for a second on story structure. But the character starts out in this ordinary world. And usually it's a place of discomfort, you know, discontentment, a place of frustration, which is a place where a lot of us find ourselves at times. We find ourselves very unhappy with our current circumstances. And then the, the character gets invited to go on an adventure. And they're going to, through that adventure, they're going to end up in a completely new place at the end of the story. We know that when we sit down to watch a movie, we're committing ourselves to watching this character's adventure and watch them go through a transformation. But they're not just transforming their external life. They're not just training, you know, transforming the, the external elements of the story. The more important factor, and in fact, the, the more potent factor, is the internal transformation that the character goes through, which is actually why we watch the stories that we do. Um, most people, uh, you know, they, they don't find as deep of a connection with a story that is completely externally plot driven. So those, so let's see, for example, um, James Bond. James Bond is a perfect example of a character who really doesn't have much of an arc. He doesn't really go through much of a transformation. It's all about, you know, the, the hot girls and the exploding cars and all the, you know, the big exciting things. But when you leave that movie, you're going to say, yeah, that was a good movie, but it's not going to have a deep, profound impact on you because the character didn't go through a transformation as well. So when you start to look at your life through that lens, you, like I said, you can begin to, to start looking at some of the difficulties or even the, the positive moments and frame them through that and see how it's actually forming and shaping you, not just your external circumstances, but more importantly, your internal character as well. I took away so much from that. So- <laughs> As a pageant coach, as an interview coach, I'm teaching women how to communicate their stories in front of a judge to elicit why they're worthy of a job, right? And whether it's a regular job interview, pageant interview, meeting somebody for the first time, whatever, you think of human connection in general and why people like someone, don't like someone, feel connected, don't feel connected. And you just hit the nail on the head. I've never actually like broken down the elements of a story, even though I teach story and storylines all the time. So I'm absolutely going to steal that. I, I literally want to go teach my girls that right now. I mean, they're going to listen to this podcast, but so helpful, like just to kind of put a framework to it of what we already subconsciously know, but we don't know why behind the what. Absolutely. Well, and you know, you said subconsciously know, we are hardwired for story from the day we're born. I mean, you think about it. You have a, a little baby. What are you doing? You're reading them stories. You're, you're, you, and, and most of the stories that we read to children, they are morals 
right? They're like you, there's like a moral to the story. And you know, you, there's it, the character goes through, even in a tiny little picture book, the character goes through some sort of transformation. There's some sort of lesson that they learn. We actually learn through story. I've heard a statistic once that anthropologists say that 80% of what we learn as human beings, we learn through the format of storytelling. And it's just, you know, it, it is absolutely ingrained in us. And, you know, I don't like to say life hack, but it's, I, I don't really know what else you would call it, but you can kind of hack your life once you understand story. It's, it's a pretty powerful tool. Yeah. I love that. And don't you just wish that they would, I, I think if we would teach that more to people, um, people could feel a greater sense of belonging potentially too, because they would be able to kind of um, self-study when they're not feeling connected and when maybe somebody doesn't like them. Um, I even think of in the dating world, like people navigating relationships of like, oh, well, if you're able to communicate and connect on internally shared experiences, that story as well, you know? Um, so I think that's really, really beautiful. That's awesome. So, uh, I would love to know what you said there, you're in a seven, um, book series for the anointed series. What is kind of your five-year goal or, or end goal for what you would love to see yourself as professionally in the upcoming years? Yeah. So I would love, I think when I set out writing anointed, I said, I want this to be a Christian Harry Potter. I want it to be, you know, and we can all dream big dreams and I'm a dreamer. Uh, <laughs> I heard your podcast about the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram four. So I love to dream big dreams. Oh, nice. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. So, so I, you know, I would love to see this be that status because I think it would just have so much power to reach, especially young people um, with just the, the power of, of their identity, the power of their purpose. And more importantly, the calling on our lives to impact the world, to transform the world. Um, so I've actually been having some conversations with people who are in, you know, entertainment and film production and television. And so starting to have those conversations about what that would look like. Of course, they're like, well, finish writing, finish writing all your books before we start talking movies. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my dream for this. I'd love to see it. Like you were saying, you long for that day, when we see in the movie theater, the big blockbuster hit is something that has a, a message about the gospel. And hopefully that will be my series <laughs> that does that. Heck yeah. When I was reading this, that I, I mean, I couldn't help but think of it the whole time. I remember, I remember the first time, so I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter growing up, one of those families. Now it's like, whatever. And, um, but we could do Lord of the Rings, you know, cause they were so different. It's like, <laughs> whatever, I don't know. Um, but uh, then I remember in ninth grade, I can tell you exactly where I was. Again, the power of story. I was in my honors English class with Miss Amadon, and this girl named Lisa was sitting uh, a couple desks over from me. And I saw a book with a red apple with black and white on it. And I remember I was like, what the frick is that? Like, you know, and she was kind of gothic and whatever. And I was 13 years old. And so I was just like, oh, that's probably one of like, that's a weird book, you know, whatever. And then suddenly I started to see it everywhere. And I was like, twilight, 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 for those of you listening who don't, can't put that together and, or weren't born yet, probably. <laughs> and, uh, and so I remember I, just the curiosity of like, oh, well, everyone's talking about these vampires. Like that was before vampire diaries, you know, any of that stuff. And so people absolutely have a hunger um, for this. They absolutely have a hunger for a little bit strange. And I, I agree with you. Like, I've never really thought about it that way, but it's because 
your spirit and the spiritual world is actually the the reality of the real world. You know, the unseen world is more prevalent and real than the things that we can see. And so I remember right there and I ended up reading all the Twilight books and then it was Hunger Games after that. And I ended up reading all the Hunger Games books. And then I was ticked that Gail and Peta were totally different than the way that they looked in the books. And it made me mad. And uh, so I think that there's such a market for this. I actually have a couple people just top of mind that I want to connect you with after this, that now that I hear that that's a dream of yours, I'm like, oh, get it. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, I just, I love connecting with other strong women with big dreams and um, I'm fully behind you. I think it's amazing what you're doing. And I just highly encourage everybody listening, um, to go read her books. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more, uh, about how people can connect with you and, um, how they can buy your books, how they can come have you speak when the world opens back up and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for saying that. It, it means a lot when somebody says they're behind me. I, I really appreciate you saying that. So my internet home is hrhutzel.com. You can find me on social media, hrhutzel. Um, if you, like I said to your uh, earlier, any of your listeners can go to my website and actually download um, my first novel. It's not the first novel in the Anointed series. It's a standalone. But they can actually download that for free. Um, it's uh, available for free as an ebook on my website. Um, if you want to contact me about speaking or just want to connect, um, you, there's a contact page on my website and, of course, through social media. Awesome. And so my last question for you is um, if you just had parting words for women about identity, about writing, about dreaming big dreams, kind of whatever you want to leave our listeners with, um, I'd love for you just to feel free to speak for as long and as much as you want, just to kind of encourage our listeners before we sign off. Yeah, absolutely. What I would say to your audience, you know, regardless of whether you see yourself as a person of faith or not, uh, your life matters. And you, there's an identity, an important identity that you have, and an important purpose that you have to play in this world today. And I would encourage you to dive deep, to, to think of your is yourself as a character in a story, and to think about your life as a story, to begin exploring what that might be. You are uniquely wired and gifted um, to, to make an impact in this world. If you are a person of faith, I'd say press in deep with knowing God. Knowing God and knowing yourself. Um, one of the things that God's been challenging me lately is uh, to, to get to know who I am because in, th in doing that, I'm actually getting to know him too because I believe that I'm in relationship with God. So I would encourage you, get to know yourself, get to know um, you know, get to know God if you are a Christ follower. If you're not, I encourage you to get to know him anyway. Just give him a shot. Um, it, get to know the people that are in your life. Take a, you know, take stock of the people that, that you are in relationship with. Who are those people that are mentoring you and building into you? Who are the people that are challenging you to be a better person? Who are the people that are not challenging you to be a better person and in fact make you a worse person? And I'm not saying that means you need to cut all the bad people out of your life, but really take stock of, of who's, who's in your life community is how change happens. Life happens in community. And that's, uh, you know, if you think about any good story, you don't have a story. That's actually, again, going back to James Bond, that's one of the reasons why he's kind of a, he's a, kind of an outlier as a, as a hero and a character and a story. He doesn't really have that group of allies around him like we see in Harry Potter or Hunger Games or Twilight. You know, there's community and we don't really see that as much with, with that character. But that's how lives are transformed is the, the people around you and through having relationship with, uh, with Christ. So that's what I would encourage your listeners to do is to get to know themselves, get to know their story and press in deep. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, HR, for being on the Powerhouse podcast today. Everybody go follow her, buy her books, support her, support another strong, powerful powerhouse female, and we'll all see you next week. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.